and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat and let's raise that curtain. On today's episode, we'll be discussing South Pacific. We saw this production at Theatre Royal Nottingham on the 21st of October 2022. Boasting one of Rodgers and Hammerstein's most memorable scores, this powerful love story, set on a South Pacific island during World War II, is brought thrillingly to life in a new epic five-star production directed by Chichester Festival Theatre's artistic director, Daniel Evans. So Richard, what's it all about? The plot centres on an American nurse stationed on a South Pacific island during World War II who falls in love with a middle-aged expatriate French plantation owner but struggles to accept his mixed-race children. But first, our post-show opinion! Um, I'm not quite sure. Has it aged well? That's the question. So with all that said, let's... Set, set the scene! So Richard, now you've got the brochure in front of you and you're having a good flick through it, would you like to set the scene for our listening viewers? Yeah, I mean, we opened the production with a very bare, empty stage and there's a lot of corrugated iron and corrugated steel in the in the production. Yes, it gave me an impression of like the animal um, farm set. Again, yeah, almost shipping container style, yeah. anything like we'd... Like we've been stuck on a boat full of uh, of like containers and stuff like that. So, mm. and it was it was all very almost rusted sea bleached wood sea, effects. Yeah, wood yeah, effects for, and for floor, and corrugated right? iron that's been mm. left out in the sea for a bit, and it's like got a bit rusty with the salt in the air, and it was it was broken away in places. So it wasn't there was nothing there was no it was all very jagged and not like sharp edges. Everything was all rough around the edges, shall we say? Yeah, it, it served a purpose as the backdrop. Definitely. And as it later transpired, there was um, there was a lot of projections on there, but where we were sat, you couldn't always see that. So, so the projections mm. were used to just enhance the piece rather than detract from what was happening on stage. So it was a very open stage production, really. Um, and I, sp- I suppose what really happened was they used set pieces and parts of staging that were moved in and out of the production to actually set each scene rather than it being a traditional big set that showed you the walls and the size and the shape of that each each area. Yes, I was going to say something um, to you about this. We've seen a few productions now where certain aspects of the set have been wheeled in. Yeah. But this is one where it seemed to have been moved on via lines on the actual stage flooring, yeah. like motorized. Yeah, there were tracks. There were tracks. There were tracks. The, tracks to keep the stage in, in position and, and to to make, basically, I suppose really what we're talking about is this is a touring production. So this was built so it could be toured. You can't always have the lavish walls and the lavish sets to go with the actual set pieces. So it's yeah. more about moving those pieces on and off to actually depict different scenes. That's different right. Yeah, because they had it in. Um, I noticed it in Mrs. Um, I want to say Brown's Boys. No, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. That's right. Yeah. Is it? Is this like a, a new thing? I think or... it's been done for quite a long time. Oh, it's it not. It's some. It's but it's. 
I think some productions hide it well and other productions rely on it too much. I think that's the problem sometimes. You start you start getting a bit of like almost like disorientation of like, here we go, something's coming on from this side, something's yeah. coming on from that side, something's coming it it, it feels almost like they can't fly anything in from above so they can't use the fly tower even though they've got it there and it's big enough to do it they they forget about that and sometimes i think that loses some of the drama because as we've seen with some productions by dropping tabs in from from above yeah you shrink the size of the stage but you also change the shape of the stage and the performance which helps the performers perform in a different space rather than just one vast warehouse as it feels like because this feels almost like you're yeah, in a warehouse so, yeah you know. and also on on the actual flooring although they had lines in to move um structures on and then off again yeah they had a circular there's a revolve a rev- yeah that's right and it was quite a large one because i remember we saw one on a brief encounter yeah but they had a, a small one yes but this was uh, quite, quite this was a, a full a stage large... revolve really yeah yeah um which takes a lot of it takes a lot of work because normally if there's tracks and things involved they've got to make sure that revolve lines up with those mm. tracks that are there as well because it's all involved to make sure that everything fits and it's a bit like a jigsaw puzzle but you know it's, it's good. yeah but i think it, it it goes to what i said on uh, the previous one we did for brief encounter where it was like a, an actor's playmat yes basically so all the the scenes and stuff could be um, worked around where they want to have the actors yes and, yeah uh, just it's like a boundary for them to center most of their production really, yeah and move all the set pieces around on there i suppose the question really is how expensive are they for like a, a mechanical or uh, motorized flooring because that's what it is i suppose i mean you know. they're expensive but then if they're touring this a long way and along across the whole country the using it outweighs the cost sometimes mm. because and also, when you think about the actual set and the scenery of this, there isn't a lot, so they they can afford to put they they can afford to put the automation in instead because they're not having all the big sets and the big this that and the other. See, you it know. looks it looks flash and and all that. And it does. It, it, it does. Really yeah. nice when it yeah. works. It looks pristine and it looks but, really well put but together. Because this production had an awful lot of things going on with that, I just felt what would happen if something just broke down like the the yes. um the pulleys yeah or, or the wiring or something underneath it's just so got reliant bu- on uh, things knotted up so it couldn't yeah. actually move something on so what would happen if something goes wrong because if you have things just dropping down on tabs or pieces of furniture wheeled in and off then you can easily do that yeah yourself totally. but for this there's an awful lot of set that is needed yeah definitely i think it's so reliant on what actually what you do and what you actually um, use it for that because it's actually quite a big cast so there's always room for error and they were using a lot of i don't know they were using a lot of small set pieces that could have got in the way or they're using things that you know if everybody if somebody did something wrong this could go very wrong and it could spoil the whole production really with the revolve as well when they were singing and dancing and transferring themselves from off the revolve yeah. onto the static set piece that was built in, have you ever been to like the um, like a theme park yeah. and you've been on the rapids? Yeah, and and those yeah. ones, especially around like exactly. hotels or whatever, and they're going around. I, I always get a bit giddy just stepping from a stationary place onto something that's moving around. It's certainly an art, but to do that dance as well, and also to do it to not make it look like you're doing that because there's. There's so it's something that it looks it looks really odd if you're not if they've not paid attention to the the revolve or that they've got to go from one to the other and you know it can make it really awkward if if they don't they don't pay attention to that as well. Yeah. 
because you have to change your pace and you're almost going. So it's like walking backwards on an escalator. You know, it's like walking down down and up escalator, you know, or, you know, you, you, you've you got to speed your pace up if you're going the opposite way around or slow it down if you're going the, the right way around. And it, it, it can look really odd if you're whizzing around the wrong way. Yeah, see, even walking upstairs or downstairs, the moment I get to that last uh, step, I don't trust myself no, to exactly. not skip a beat and fall on my arse. Yeah, that's it. You know, so if I was ever ever cast in something that I had to walk downstairs... It's very rubbing your belly and tapping your head. It's, yeah, it's I won't be able to do it. There'll be, to... where, there'll be a bit wherever I got to like the top step or the bottom step where I'd have to like break couch and just make sure I, I got... Yeah. It's bad enough trying to sing like... and dance and then to throw that in the mix. You know, it's like it's like yeah, it's like being on gladiators. Just lately, I'm turning into like a bit of a geriatric sort of a, a person where I have to sort of carefully watch my step yeah. in case I have a fall. <laughs> you don't need a revolve in your house. No, I, I've, oh, I won't be able to cope. No, I'll be on my arse within seconds on that. Fall around in pieces. So anyway, we've we've uh, digressed a little bit. Going back to the actual set, there was an awful lot of set pieces. Yeah, um, and I think there was a lot of, and they were they were well made, and they were well they, they were. And I think as well, they all blended and melded with the backdrop and the scenery around it. They didn't detract, so everything felt part of this production. They didn't, you know, the whole, you know, you you basically in a. In what a, are you getting at? Well, you're basically in some, in almost a shanty town in a, mm. in on by the beach. So a lot of the scenes are, they've got to be seen as man-made or handmade, and Which with were, with very yeah. limited materials. So they're all almost thrown together. Apart from the grand veranda that you see in the where the the sort of the house where there's a lot of wealth. That's the house that you see. With the grand veranda, and, yeah. So you know, the veranda the, looks like it's been constructed. Yes, where, and, by, and also, by craftsmen, by by carpenters. That's all the, been done the, properly. The lieutenants and, or yes. the officers' uh, mesh. Yeah, that that was yes. Constructed you can see well. feels yeah. Whereas the, the line props for the shower were yeah, and the, and, and, stuff and also just, like the the sort because it's we're, we're in the military. You know, it's the it's a it's a war it's a war wartime you've got a lot of things that were put together and constructed to entertain the the troops or to be part of that that sort of side mm. but then when they went to one of the exotic islands you felt like you were going to that exotic land with all the lanterns and the things to actually depict that place and time yeah i must admit i, I actually loved the set pieces on mm. this one even when it went to the show when they did the um the whole production with the american flag as a backdrop i thought that was quite yeah nice and that set well. was clever because it was double-sided mm. you got the backstage of that just by two well four big flats with yeah. when you turned it round because it was all on wheels and and, and moved. We saw, yeah, and we saw the backstage saw of that. Backstage it, instantly. You didn't even see. Is, isn't it funny how we've seen a lot of these lately? Yeah. Like Dreamgirls, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, Well, not the exact same thing, but something very, very similar. But also Book of Mormon. Very oh, similar. Yes. Because yeah. that in the second act with the with the, the show, it's the same principle. It's all put on these, these flats that flip round and you can see the workings of a stage within a stage, really. Yeah. As for the direction, how did you feel the director handled it? I suppose it, it would have it had, I'll, I'll say that again. Has this one got more than one director? Is there like a choreographer director or movement director, intimacy director? No, there's actually one director, Daniel oh. Evans. And then there is, um, well, there's sorry, there is a choreographer and movement director, Anne Yee. So, and then a musical director, but generally with a musical like this of this size, you'd normally have a musical director. Yeah. 
on there anyway to, to keep them in check on that side because it's a separate thing to the actual Entity, movements yeah. and the work of the, the production. Which doesn't surprise me with the big musical when, you mm. know, because generally Rogers and Hammerstein musicals are big and their book is very, I wouldn't say fixed, but it's very, um, very specific and in what happens on stage, you know. But I think Daniel did a good job. I mean, he did a good job with the, the work that he's got to put on as a production, I think. I think set-wise, he was very clever in making sure that the set and the the costume design worked together and it it depicted the era. I think it showed that he had a vision for this piece. Yeah. Because if you don't have a vision, I don't think you'll probably come up with that sort of acting mat staging. And that's that's how I'm going to call it. Yeah. Because he knew exactly what he wanted for each scene and how he was going to direct it. Yeah. for you to know that you'd, you'd then know that you could utilize all that within one particular acting playmat and he was also confident enough to take away and strip away a lot of the extra stuff that you could get embroiled in to get to start putting bigger set pieces or bigger things behind things and when actually to draw focus sometimes you don't need all that busyness and no, crazy for balls. that's true it's about the cast and the what they're performing below and the transitions between scenes and also how they moved on stage that nothing screamed out to me that it was done wrong or it no. was odd or off in any way in fact, not it was, at all it was seamlessly linked all yeah. the way through and so so i suppose the choreographer director yeah or movement director or yeah so it was it was well basically it's choreographer and movement yeah so it's both so whenever they did the uh, the actual uh, show tunes, yeah, musical numbers, they they were extremely well done as well. And I think that must show that the director and the choreographer work well together, yeah. Because I think that says a lot, and the costume and set designer. Because you know, shout out to Peter McIntosh, who, sorry, shout out to Peter Mati- McIntosh. I can't even say it now. Peter McIntosh. McIntosh is no, McIntosh. there's no a. McIntosh. 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 Yeah. So a shout out also to Peter Mati- Can't even say it. Come on. Do you want to do a shout out to Peter McIntosh? Yes. Go on then. Yeah, shout I do out. shout out to Peter McIntosh because I feel that You've got as a set right. designer and a costume designer, he worked really well with the director to actually create this because visually it was really good. Absolutely. Dare we touch upon the writing? I think we need to. The writing and the book? Yeah. Just I, well, I think, the, well, to be honest, it goes one in, hand in hand because the writing is, you know, I suppose the book is, you know, it's it's both. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of the content, because if it's yeah. new pieces of writing, we can go to work, we can go, well, we can go to town on more. Yeah, on it definitely. But because this is like an existing piece, in, what is it, fifty, sixty? 70 years old now something like that it's yeah it's uh it's been 40s. it's been going quite a long time now that um, the 40s i'm thinking 47 i mean it was set obviously in the second world war 1949 Broadway. 49 right yeah I, I knew it was like very close to after the uh, the ending of the uh, second world war yeah so i forgot where i was going with this now Oh, the tones that it's supposed to be conveying. Yes. yes. In your post-show opinion, you said about it being dated. Or has it aged well? Has it aged well? Do you think it has? This is where I struggle because I don't think it's aged as well as other productions of its of their age. Or or of what 
well Rogers as in well yeah I mean other ones other other Rogers and Hammerstein are, are almost timeless because they're classics in their own they aren't they aren't about a time period or a specific piece set around the war so like Carousel or yeah. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers the, you know those sort of those productions are almost a snapshot in history mm. and yes you could say this is a snapshot in history but I it's Do you think this it is more, more linked to something, to whereas the others are more of a story. Yeah, and have got a, a storyline around a certain that you can still you can still maybe uh, relate to because even though the story is an old story, it still fits with you can still relate certain parts of it to you to real life in a way. Whereas this feels almost very specific, so that then it's. Do you think very, it was just being topical and going down that route? Yeah. I yeah. think it was. I think it was topical, but I think it maybe hasn't got as much depth as a piece of theatre. I think I kind of understand where you're going with this because reading the blurb as to the fact that she couldn't take his children, children yeah. for the racial aspect of that, there was issues where she she certainly had some issues yeah. on stage, but I kind of felt like I wasn't that involved with it. I think it's it's, it's weak as a storyline, as in the the. The strength of the story through it feels very do you think almost it's because, one note. Yeah, I think. Do you think it's because we're quite advanced now, so it's an it's an old storyline that has sort of like been done a lot. Yeah, that we're not really moved by it. I think. Yeah, I think that's what that's where I'm going by. It's it's not. It's hard to relate to something that you that's already been that's been challenged that much now that it doesn't feel that heavy as an as a storyline anymore yeah because we're not watching this and challenging ourselves thinking putting the mirror up to our own life and thinking what would i do in that situation should i be like that or should i not do i agree with her or do i not exactly we already have that like morality of like well no she's in the wrong obviously yeah exactly and you i know. think because the circumstances it's, it's a very different diffi- it? not just that it's very difficult difficult or difficult to reenact those circumstances again to relate to it i think that's that that's also yeah, I the think, issue yeah i think the only way you could relate it is if you completely viewed that but changed the actual incident not, yeah, exactly. in, not incident but the issue so instead of it being racial if you turned it on its head in terms of a transgender child for example yes exactly how would you feel then but then that's very different in itself yeah, exactly. and deserves its own play in history to, yeah so it's but you're having to really dig deep to actually find the the link whereas some i must admit you know, I, I had to dig really deep just to care and i don't think i did at the end of this play I, I loved it visually. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But wh- but whether it was the acting or the actors or how they all well the leads connected. I think they were acting really well. I think the problem is I think that's where I'm saying mm. about has it aged well because I, I, and that's what I mean. I don't feel that it's as a piece of writing it's aged as well as other pieces of the same you know of the same style. You know I think I think that's where I'm coming from. I think it doesn't feel as powerful now as it probably did back then. Did you actually see the film? Yeah, I've seen the film. I've actually okay. seen it on stage a long time ago, but not a professional version. Well, I've never seen it on um, stage, and I, I've never seen it on the film. I only know the uh, most memorable songs simply because I did a couple of them when I was um, yeah. training to sing, and also things I've seen in, in shows, particularly the gay fun ones. I'm going to watch yeah, exactly. that man out of my hair and uh, yeah. nothing like a dame, those particular ones, you know. So... 
um, I'm used to those songs. However, I felt like for me coming into this, the hype was a little bit too much and actually viewing it, I was a little bit let down. Yeah. But I don't yeah. think that's anything to do with the set. No, exactly. All the direction. All this production. All the, no, and that's, that's I think exactly it's just it. down to perhaps the storyline. It's the, yeah, and the context. But I would the world, have to be. say that I... It was the leads, the lead actors. I felt disconnected from the two leads. I think that was where I yeah. struggled. Um, Particularly him. Yeah. I can't think... Oh, what's his name? Julian Ovenden. Yeah. It was something a little bit cold and a little bit... I can't describe it. I just wasn't connecting. But I don't know if that's the writing because there was... I think the problem is they their scenes, the two leads, drifted in no, and out. I mean, like, so, in terms of, like, um, the theme. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How they portrayed their characters. It's not about the writing then, it's about the performance yeah, of and how they is. connect and their yeah. chemistry on stage. And I don't think there was any, to be no. honest. If anything, it just felt like, oh, just why bother getting together? Yeah, and I think I think that's... It felt very sombre every time they met. It didn't feel as powerful as maybe it should have done. I'm wondering if I completely glazed over their scenes and just was just entertained by what was going on in the background and the musical numbers. I think I can't remember much about the actual theme and the storyline apart from being told it and reading it. I can't remember them acting it <laughs> acting no, it out. I think, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that's they almost went for a lot of subtlety in performance, but I think that maybe let them down because it wasn't it didn't feel it didn't stand out as a performance from from them as this loving the this this couple that were dealing with racial issues or fighting with their own thoughts and feelings and and I think that's where it it didn't feel strong enough between the two of them and I think that's mm. that didn't help either also to point out that it wasn't a full theater no it was quite empty yeah and it was quite evident that the one thing I will say is the ticket prices were very high mm. Some of the main ones were in the realms of London prices and it doesn't surprise me that it wasn't difficult to get seats on the week of it actually being on because, and that's where I say has it aged well because it only goes for a certain demographic that yeah. have already seen it or know about it. It didn't encourage a younger audience to go and see it because the it was priced well out of their range. You know, it's one of the most more expensive ones that, that have come to Nottingham and yes, I know it's come from Chichester Festival Theatre because they, they do great productions but to price it at London levels up in Nottingham, I do think it was a little misstep because you don't encourage a, a larger audience when you're trying something that's perceived old-fashioned. Yeah. Because even though even though you can bill it as a new production, and a newer or and younger audience won't see that as as something to go and see. Not it won't if, be on their list. Yeah, not unless they're specifically interested in musicals and theatre. You're exactly. just going to end up with an audience full of white hair. Yeah, and which we did, which we saw that, yeah. you know, and I think, and, and that white hair is getting older and older and unfortunately it's not encouraging the new. Mm. And that the problem is with this production that, was, that dates back to 70 years ago, you need to start encouraging younger audiences in. And if they maybe have lowered the ticket price, they could have filled the house and actually people, you might have had a different performance. Because maybe, also yeah, the, the, the energy in the, the room, actor's energy is always bounces off the audience. And we went to see an evening performance. It wasn't a matinee. So. Mm. Moving on now. Do you know what we're here for? We're here for the drama. 
So let's talk about the acting, shall we? I think I've already picked apart the fact that I wasn't particularly too warm and interested in the two leads. I would like to say that one of the actors that did have stage presence was Dougie McMeekin. I felt he gave a brilliant performance. He had the energy. He had he the did. spark. Yeah. The thing is, even if you have a room full of like a white-haired people nodding off, you know, and it's pretty much a dead atmosphere. It is, yeah. The, the two leads sort of like couldn't keep us together. No, exactly. And I you think, know, create anything. But he woke you up and he... Yeah, exactly. It was just entertaining to watch. I think for so me... energetic. And, and also for me, Joanna Ampel, who played Bloody Mary, she equally was the, the also came out on stage and was full of life. Oh, yeah. What and is she... What is she... What was she doing? She's the She's the one that she's... Uh, she's she the rough one. Yeah, yeah, she's the. That's right. She's the one that does the um, all the clothes. happy talk and and all those. What the, the, happy talk? Yeah, the, is that a song? Yeah, the one that oh, she sang. Oh, I can't remember that. But she she was instantly on stage and off we go. She she knew how to inject a bit of life on stage, and I think that's where a few others didn't maybe do that. And I think that's that's why. It felt a little obvious that certain people weren't performing and others were doing a lot of work. So, mm. But the ensemble as a whole, I thought they did a really good job of lifting the production, you know, and trying to keep it buoyant and floating well above the water. You know, yeah, we had two line. sets, didn't we? We had the men and the yeah. women. But even when they weren't having those musical numbers, just watching them, how they, they were all committed. moved around the set and, and acted in those particular scenes. Yeah, because they all did the scene changes and the set changes yes. so they were all involved all at all busy. times and mm. even if one hadn't got a specific part in a certain piece they were also changing costumes and coming back out as part of the waiting staff or the this or the that they were always involved at some point so you never really saw any technicians on stage it was almost all cast members that were doing a lot of the set changes yeah. and scene changes it feels really bad that i just can't really praise the two leads i just i'm if they were memorable, I'd be praising them. Do you know I what I mean? I think the thing is as well, you they they are given some big songs to sing. And I'm going to say it, those songs felt flat. And they're meant to be almost linchpins to the production, the songs that they sing. I mean, Some Enchanted Evening just felt flat. And that's something that everybody oh, knows. God, and it just, yeah. You know, they're the songs that are meant to solidify their relationship and the struggles they're going through. And there's, there's other songs they sing. And it's like... Oh, there was one that was really boring yeah it was, was it, and, it, and it was, i mean it's like um younger than springtime oh that's what that was just they could have done so much more that i mean i don't know if it was volume that was lacking but i think it was more performance that was lacking not volume because it was more the commitment to the songs and i think that's where i struggled maybe to say has has it aged well because i remember good versions of these songs where they're performed you know and i think that's where it also let the cast let it down because sort of lead cast shall we say yeah because i think they were playing it too muted they weren't owning the songs and i think that's the difference no i'd agree with that one whereas the ensemble owned all the songs that they were singing the the you know the cliched ones they the were ones living that, their best life you know nothing like a dame yeah and bally high and i'm gonna wash that man right out of my hair yeah. they all felt right mm. they they all felt good and 
It was like the lead cast needed the... that to fuel them. Yeah, but do you reckon they're the musical numbers where they get really excited because they are performing those ones, whereas some of the other ones, do you reckon they don't get so excited so they're just going to muddle through it? Yeah, and I think that's unfortunate because it's a whole piece. It's not mm. just the ones that we know of. There's the rest of it mm. that's important as well. So, you know, I do. I think I do struggle with that when it feels it's a shame because they could have made it, you know. I mean, maybe it's the directing, maybe it's the way it's been you know, directed by the musical director, maybe they, they told them to restrain themselves and not overperform. But sometimes you need to. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm not convinced, no. to be honest. I think I, I, get, I get the feeling we were just watching stand-ins. Yeah. Well, I don't even think stand-ins, no, because quite honestly, stand-ins are waiting to perform. They're waiting oh, well, to show what they can true, do. Yeah. That's the whole point. These stand-ins have sat watching the, the leads do it for so long. It might have been better if the stand-ins did it because they'd have showed you how, how, how it should have been done. Mm. You know, they're waiting yeah, for that moment. I, I think, I mean, like, you know when you, there's a dream team you want? Yeah, exactly. Then you get, like, the runner-up cast. You get the one jumping, putting their hand between the L, me, 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 and then it's not what they need. Yeah, I'm available, I'll do it. But let's let's talk about the the costumes and props, because this is period yep. costumes. I thought they were really um, spot on, to be honest. I did. That, I thought they'd, they'd really nailed the, the actual time, place, the military costume, the military It's uniforms. not hard to do either, really, let's face no. it, because it is within it living memory for some. It is hard to do if you don't reference it right. If you don't do your research and you don't and look also into it. the area. Yeah, because any military hat can be a military hat. Any military uniform can be a military uniform. Some people don't look into it in the right depth. Yeah, because they've all got different areas for military as well, haven't they? You know, and, and Yeah, and also, oh, right, yeah. say the performance costumes, because there's this scenes where they did it in a... Like performing in front of all the, the Marines to to keep them entertained in the while they were waiting for the next orders or the next mission that they're going on. They were I, they, they they were all they all felt very handmade costumey but still like they'd had to make in the tents and the campsites that you know, they put them together with what they'd got. Mm. It felt very much like that. I think this would have been an improved musical had they have had like the Andrew sisters come out and sing. Yeah. <laughs> for that. Yeah. I would have loved that. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, 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 would, have that would have enhanced it even more because yeah. I think, you know, but I think that, that was the thing with the props and the costumes. Also, things like tattoo placements and stuff like that. Oh, you they know, did a lot them, of the they? Marines yeah. had tattoos in places that would have had them in those days. Not, it wasn't the modern day tattoos. They were put, some no, people were put on. I think back then it was very much part of a group thing. It was, yeah. So you'd have it to be, yeah. oh, I've got this because I'm part of the Marines. Yeah, or, or exactly. So. Yeah, so they so it, it was very indicative of that era mm. and that that time period. But yeah, I thought I mean prop wise, they used a lot of lanterns with torches in that got lit flames in, things that took you to another space and I another time. I must admit, when they did that on the revolve, it took a lot of time to precision to get them all in the same totally spe- yeah specific spot at the same time, and that was probably the standout scene for me because yeah, every was, time I think of South Pacific, it was it's the like, only scene I can remember one the women like knelt down just putting the lanterns it was so simple and so to the point i mean the Mm. other thing is in gonna wash that man right out my head they they created showers that uh, were basically oil drums full filled with water Mm. with shower heads coming down and the shower heads did actually work uh, for for a short while just to show that they were working 
but it was just made out of wood it was very simple there was some ladders on it all everything felt like it had almost been made out of driftwood off the off the beach and you know the, the, yeah but you did know. you see some of those girls were sat on top ends of the ward like this raw ward and um in nothing but their you know, costumes yeah. it's like oh they might get, they get splinters, splinters on the thighs i know it was uh, it was touch and go wasn't it yeah but, but things like the laundry and things like that everything just felt right all the workings of this production were right oh it was visually exciting and visually the eyes, everything was it? right yeah. you know it felt rich it felt of its the thing time is, if you saw pictures of the set you could instantly say south pacific exactly yeah and, and actually it was simply set on a, an empty stage really i do think personally there was could have been moments where they could have brought the stage forward into the audience a little bit more because they did rely on a full stage at all times a lot of the time which do, How do you mean feel as in brought, as in, do you mean in front of the stage? As in, even if they dropped in more um, more corrugated steel to yeah. bring the bring the cast forward, yeah. so that they didn't have right to the back of the stage to use, because there were some moments where I did feel like every scene was just using the whole stage. And it yeah, didn't, you know. Even when they did the uh, the bit with the officers' mesh, that was still on the revolve, and that still had desks being brought on yeah. in specific places because the desks would move around yeah exactly the backstage of that would drop down yeah or slide but it in. still felt like it was using this whole stage I think it's it because felt... they've spent a lot of money on that playmat thing that they wanted to use every square inch of it rather than just go to the front of the stage i think just a few things would have helped give you a few layers of what you were watching Mm. and just focused your attention to not relying on the whole stage every time and i think that's that's something that could have helped maybe even if it was big bellowing bits of white material canvas just mm. to break up the whole area just to create a different space mm. just every every odd occasion it wouldn't it wouldn't need it all the time maybe because of the projections at I, the back but i, I think, think i i'd sort of agree there because i think in any intimate scenes that i think there was one or two moments they could have played them front of stage yeah and i think that's you know. i think you know, if it's intimate. You want to be away from all even, the, the set, just to be close to the audience. To even if the you know the main piece when when they're on the veranda, that was a right at the front of stage. Yeah. Because they, even that was brought onto stage, and there was a few times where you thought, here we go again. They're bringing the veranda out, and we've got to wait for the veranda to be brought out. Then they're going to act on it, and I mm. think maybe that didn't help the performance because it was slowed it down at those points. Then, Do you think they could have just dropped a tab down at the very front? Yeah. Stood up on the front and just sat on the front yeah. of the stage just to create even if they'd have had railings around the front mm. of the stage to to depict her that yeah. that's the veranda it would have they could have had a really grand back to that with doors in it yeah. and everything in the in the tab but you know i think this was just a case of we've invested in this machinery flooring and we're going to get as much use of it as possible yeah exactly and i think mm. that's where but then that's, what, that's that, why I, i'm calling them like the, the actors play mats yeah they are because that's well no it's not in for me <clears throat> it's more the director's play mat than the than the actors because because sometimes well, the, yeah, but I think it sometimes you have to restrain yourself and not use it. it. They? But the director's not. I think restraint is is a big thing here sometimes where you've sometimes got to restrain yourself from using it because you've got it. Even mm. though you've paid for it, you've sometimes got to stop using it. And now moving on to our next segment. What the tech is this? Technically speaking, I think we've covered a fair bit of it with this uh, 
the staging of yeah. it. Yeah, and I think, I suppose, what I would say is, you know, projection-wise, they used a lot of projections that they weren't focused projections. It was all very much projected onto corrugated iron. So you you really it broke it up a bit, but it was enough to still know what the scenes were. So it's palm trees. It was just the tips and the tops of the sort of flats or the buildings just to show where that scene was. It was enough to create a scene, really. Yeah, and I don't particularly want to go over old grounds in terms of the no. set because we've done that and we've discussed how things work. Now, let's just focus on, if we can, the lighting and the, the sound. Not necessarily in the musical numbers. No. But the actual sound effects. Yeah. Well, lighting-wise, it was very general cover, but then they used a lot of spotlights, they used a lot of focused spots, and they also used the a lot fire of... fire lanterns. Yeah, fire lanterns, said. but they also they'd have used quite a few gobo effects where it looked like breakups in the floor, so there was a lot of things that they used that just broke the light up a little bit to create like trees light coming through trees or lights coming through windows it was just to create a little bit more of a dappled effect when a cast member walked through it rather than it just being Mm. white light or a lot of bright lights they're quite easy to do yeah that's that's just standard sort of thing so it was nothing nothing over the top but then in a way this was a production from the 50s so you didn't want to to but also it emulated a lot of outdoor lighting as well yes it it did yeah yeah it's very natural in the, in its setting and in terms of the special effects um, yeah and sound effects and the sort of special effects they did have a lot of war sounds and things like that where what i didn't hear was any if it's on an island i never heard any like sea no you know what i mean there was a few bits missing where there wasn't any there was there on wasn't the a lot of atmospherics or... as in of the area that if they, they were, were on in. the veranda isn't that supposed to be near water yes yeah it'd be well, because that, that was thinking. looking out to sea almost, yeah. or even if it's a lake it's still out into the water or mm. you'd see you'd hear the odd buzzing or the odd the odd sound crickets of crickets and stuff, like and stuff at now, night and in the evening i i may be wrong it might have been played but i i don't think i no i didn't hear picked it. anything up yeah i didn't hear it at all they maybe went for more visuals than the actual effects we were recreating real life on the yeah, stage exactly. so if you've got the visuals and if you go to town on uh, what the staging looks like so you can picture that yeah exactly in the real life real world should we say well why not you can't have the smells but you can have what you hear the audible yeah, exactly stuff. and i mean if you're bringing out um something say like the veranda from the back of stage and you haven't got the the little crickets in the night time or the evening yeah. it doesn't we're just watching something moving we're not actually mm. you know you're not creating that scene before it starts so you, you're not drawing people in the same so that that sometimes doesn't help no so for our rewind and review segment which i'm still not sure we know what the actual title is but never mind we'll, we'll stick with this <laughs> So, um, what bit would you view again? <laughs> I mean, you probably don't want to. No, I tell you what, I, I think the one bit that I would watch again was um, it's got to be there's nothing like a Dane because I think that was the one with the most energy in performance because the cast all clearly enjoyed that scene, you know, and I think it, that was well put together. Yeah, there's got to be that. For me, I think there'll be three bits, three scenes. I'll join you for there's nothing like a Dane, then I'll sit through, I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair simply because I, I just love those two songs. Yes, yeah. but I she wouldn't mind seeing whatever scene it was where she was putting the lanterns out because it's such yeah, a striking one. Yeah, I agree with one. that one. I don't even that I can't even remember what the heck that was for. I think it was choreographed was. really well. It really was, but it's left left a lasting impression in my mind. 
Yeah, and summed up because that play. I think it was simplicity I mean, mm. and it was done so calmly and perfectly. And I don't know if it was part of a musical number or if it, it was just whilst people were talking. I can't remember now, but it was just. I mean, basically, you're just watching someone kneel down and putting like light yeah, can- you are. candles on, like. Um, but also, they there was choreographed thing. taking them off as well because they did yeah. the same on the way out as they came in, and mm. it was almost like a scene that happened and then disappeared as smooth as it as it was created. We could recreate it, couldn't we? We could take some tea lights yeah. and go to the Chinese with the round that's the one table. lazy susan we can spin susan, susan spin around it, and then we'll just every we now could, and again yeah. we could do the faster version as well we can start yeah, yeah start a bit of a vortex see if we can get it in um each candle yeah like, all perfectly all lined perfectly lined yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, we'll do that yeah sounds like a plan right we'll go for a chinese moving on to our next segment call this a show Right, moving on for scores then, please, Richard. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being there is nothing like a dame and 1 being some unenchanted evening, what's it going to be? It's going to have to be a 6, middle of the road, down the middle. Mm. There was good bits, but there wasn't great bits. Ah, for me, I'm going to give this a... I think I'll give it a 7. Oh, I'm going to start with a negative. I was a little bit bored by it. However, I liked the visuals. I liked the musical numbers. Yeah. I liked the choreography. And I liked the set pieces. But the rest of it, oh, I could have switched off. Yeah. To be fair. I've seen it once and I don't want to see it again. Well, and I'm glad I didn't pay full price for it. Well, I paid. <laughs> Cheeky bugger. So, what sound effect will you be choosing from the following? A complete train wreck. Tumbleweed. An audible shrug of the shoulders. Uh? A slow clap. A pleasant applause. Or a standing ovation. What will it be? It's a pleasant applause. I'm happy to give this a pleasant applause as well. So there we are. That's our discussion of South Pacific. We hope you found it insightful. If not entertaining. Coming up over the next few episodes, we will be discussing a Nottingham Panto special double bill, Rebus, a game called Malice, and the beekeeper of Aleppo. That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. Downstage.